Welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist podcast that's been kicking around for 200 episodes. Today we have Laura, Zoe, Helen, and Jules. Woo! Because it's kind of like a monumental type episode, you know, reaching 200, we kind of thought we'd do um, an episode that's about us. Uh, (laughs) In case you're you're new here, um, or if you're a longtime listener and just want to, to hear more more of our opinions about shit anyway <laughs> if you don't want to hear our opinions about shit this is maybe the wrong podcast to listen to <laughs> great point <laughs> to literally any other podcast true very and true. yet as we'll get to there are people that do that apparently so yeah. true. <laughs> yes we will get there so um this podcast started in the summer of 2017 um kellen and i are the remaining founding members <laughs> Kellen is dabbing once again behind, <laughs> behind the scenes. If you have a season of the bitch bingo board, Kellen has dabbed. You probably know one bingo. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and yeah, so basically what had happened was Ambria um, put out a call on a Facebook group, a dank meme stash Facebook group, and was like, I'm really tired of only hearing men's opinions on the left, like, who wants to start a podcast with me? And basically, like, a handful of us responded, uh, including me and Kellen. Um, And so when we first started, we had Ambria, Hope, Lindsay, Kellen, and I, and we did a couple of live shows. We um, went to Chicago with Tanya, um, as we talked about on our recent magic episode. Um, and then we went to New York City and did a show there as well. Which I was at. Oh my god. Prior to being a host. Love that. <sighs> so wow. precious. I wish I like talked to you. <laughs> yeah, I think I actually talked to Hope the most. I did like I I said hello, but yeah, that's that's the deep season of the bitch floor. Uh, I was hoping that. That Jules is going to be like you did, actually. <laughs> I mean, with how my we memory for an works. hour, Laura. I mean, <laughs> you like. I feel like I was. You didn't know who I was, so there you might not remember. But yeah, I don't. I don't think we talked extensively. I was mostly just like, oh my god, they're all so cool. <sighs> well, we felt the same about you, obviously. Even if we didn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, then, uh, Lindsay had to step back for law school, um, and we brought on Zoe and Walida. Yay. Yeah. Love that. A powerful duo, obviously. I know. Two Sages. (laughs) Two Sages. And heard in the same moment. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I also think y'all started in the fall. It was actually, yeah. yeah, because the first episode I was a host on was like the Halloween episode that year. Yeah. Very appropriate. Yeah. I know. I was ready. Exactly. <laughs> You're born for that moment. <laughs> it really was. I just really, that was like, it was like episode 50, I think was like my first episode, which is wild because oh my God. that was 150 episodes ago plus Patreon episodes. So really more. Oh, fuck. So yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's really wild. Um, anyway, go yeah, on. no, then, uh, 
Ambria and Melita had to take a step back, and we brought on Jules and Bianca. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> I don't know why I keep making an air horn noise. <laughs> It feels important. I love it. It's appropriate. <laughs> I know. The, one of the feedback for people who try to troll us or like talk about us on subreddits and shit, they'll be like, there's so many hosts. Well, actually, as we're about to get to in a moment, there's only four of us. These four people that you're listening to right hey. now. We just have had, had the least turnover. amount of hosts we've ever had at a time. It's right? true. Yeah. I was just looking back to try to see if I could see like what episode number it was that we started. And now I'm like, I don't actually it was somewhere around 138, I think. Yeah, that, mm. that feels right. So because it was over a year ago. Yeah. yeah. It was like beginning also, of COVID. Pretty towards yeah. the beginning of COVID. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I feel like, I mean, obviously, as mentioned, I had been a fan of the pod for a while. Um, I think for similar reasons to why it started, which is that I was listening to a lot of leftist podcasts and they were mostly men. And I was like, this is bad. Um, (laughs) And then I discovered Season of the Bitch and I was like, this is amazing. And these people are all so smart and cool and hot and... Then I applied to join and I was like, charge. I feel like I have, I don't know. Like I was trying to think about like, did I think I would be chosen? I don't think I did. I kind of just like threw it out there and was like, who knows? Um, Also my like application had like a fake um, like spam email or like clickbait. um, (laughs) Like, subject line so I think y'all almost lost it because it was confusing and weird um so I'm really glad that that didn't happen once we realized it wasn't spam we were perfectly delighted with the application (laughs) what happened was because I obviously knew your name and recognized it and was like oh I know them but like Laura and I were looking at it together and like Laura was like, oh, that was just like some weird email we got. It's <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, that was a spam email. <laughs> but yeah, Oops. that made me think of like, I also definitely did not think I would be chosen. I remember like the first several episodes I was on, I was like, this is really awkward because like these people clearly think I'm smart and chose me. I'm like, I'm an idiot. Oh, how yeah, dare that's you? Exactly how I how felt. I was like, oh my my this is so <laughs> awkward. So I don't know what to do now. <laughs> oh. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I think all of us who started it, we were so nervous when we first started (laughs) it, too. We were just like, what if everyone hates us? What if everyone makes fun of us? So, like, we had that feeling, too. (laughs) But it was just like we all had that feeling together. (laughs) Yeah, we love imposter syndrome here. We hate it, actually, but we apparently are very (laughs) familiar with it. And you know what? Men don't really get imposter syndrome. I'm sure there are going to be cis men listening that are like, yes, I do. But it's like men like tie their shoe one time and they're like, I can make this pair of shoes. <laughs> Great example. I love that. Thank you. I don't Tied know why one shoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so as we've alluded to, we did want to mention um, they wanted us to kind of announce on their behalf that Bianca is going to be taking a step back from the podcast. Uh, as you may recall, they started law school um, that early this fall. Um, and as could be predicted, of course, law school is a very time-consuming thing. So um, it just made more sense for them to kind of have that be the main focus in their life. 
yeah, we're obviously very sad to see them go, so but sad. Um, we love Bianca and hopefully, you know, they'll come back sometimes, maybe drop a few law bombs on us. Um, <laughs> and for those of us who are in New York, we're still going to be hanging out and like friends and all of that. So don't worry. You may still get some Bianca content on your Twitter feed, you know, oh, posting well. pictures, etc. They will also still be our lawyer on retainer. So do not come for us. <laughs> we have, we have yes, two actually. Yeah. We have an attorney. <laughs> we have a team of attorneys yes. at any given moment. Um, and uh, yeah. So we obviously wish them nothing but the best. Nothing but the best. Um, and um, also we didn't mention this because we kind of went in linear order, but after uh, Jules and Bianca joined, um, Hope had to take a step back as well. Um, just to have our full our full season of the bitch host history. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, in recent podcast news, uh, we we have been trolled. By another podcast. There's some like random podcast. I don't even want to like say the name of it because I don't want to give it here. Yeah. No, I was gonna but say it's, that like, too. It's like, like a podcast that I guess the basis of it is like finding other podcasts and listening to them and making fun of them. And it's so funny because like they have like way fewer followers than we do on Twitter. And it's not like we're like a huge Twitter presence, but it's like, okay, I guess I can't even be mad because this is like basically punching up, except they did it in like a very (laughs) like misogynist way. And also just lazy. They were like, ugh, all these women. And honestly, that was offensive to me as the only cisgender woman. I was like, please stop dulling my shine. I'm very special. Okay. Um, exactly. Everyone else is non-binary. Let's get it straight. And they were like, oh, these women, their voices all sound the same and they all have vocal fry, which like, first of all, false. Yeah, we do, bitch. Uh, it's I was like, I honestly really felt seen that they called out the vocal fry because I was like, yeah, that's what what I'm trying to do here. Like- <laughs> they also, in one of the like comments or descriptions or whatever, they were like, they said they were like debating which one of us they like hated the most. But then on it, they were like, we can't tell them apart. And I was like, well, which is it? Who do you hate the most? Or do you think we're all one person? You have to decide. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, it's, but I feel like the weirdest part is that first they sent us this message that was like, we got this message on Twitter that was like, someone is going to like do something terrible to you. You need to take down all of your podcast episodes and like hide. And we were like, what? And then we looked into it and it's like the person that sent us the message is affiliated with this yeah. podcast that was, was going like, to do like a hit piece affiliated. on us. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it was just like, okay, so you were trying he to was trick like, us into like deleting all our episodes or something. He was like, it's really not worth how much trolling you get, blah, blah, blah. I think we had like one person at us. Yeah, yeah, we got it yeah. was like two like responses to our episode on Twitter, and that was like it. It was like, wow, really great mobilization of your troll army. <laughs> yeah, and they were Very just like, ha, you're dumb. They were like, yeah. ha, women who talk about how they don't want to work because work is bad. Does anyone actually think those things? And I'm sitting here like that's what everyone who listens to this podcast. <laughs> so <thinks>. I <laughs> listened to more of the episode than I care to admit because if people are talking about me, whether it's good or bad. I'm gonna. I need to know about it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I also listened to some of So I'm also- glad that you both listened to it, though, because yeah. I want to know. But I wasn't gonna listen to it. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I only. I either. listened to like 15 minutes, and then I was like, "Whatever, I'm too good for this." But the the host, 
some dude was talking about how he like inherited 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 his business from like his daddy and he was like yeah this business was like given to me like obviously I'm gonna like take my daddy's business and was like bragging about it but that was like making fun of us for not liking work and being communist and then specifically played a clip of me talking about having been unemployed and was like god what a loser no one I know is unemployed if you're good at your job you're not unemployed like empirically false yeah Yeah. they also I feel like there was also a moment where like one of the hosts was like, oh, like everyone who's unemployed sucks. And I feel like the other was kind of like, oh, well, actually, like, you know, it was like <laughs> they kind of like did know some people who were unemployed and were like, oh, shit, maybe we shouldn't say that. Yeah, that's the main so dude funny. was like, I don't know anyone unemployed. And I was like, that's because you're of the class of people inheriting daddy's businesses. Of right. Course you don't. Yeah. I mean, you've probably fired someone. So you definitely do know somebody who's unemployed. Exactly. They also were like fact checking us. Like they were like looking at things we said on the episode about like strikes. And then they would be like, oh, from vice.com, fucking reliable source. They also, the main thing was they like fact checked it and then ultimately realized like it, was, it was correct. Right. But then oh they had God. like reasons why they still didn't like it. Um, yeah. They were like, there's no way that's true. Then they were like, we looked it up. Uh, it might be true, but no, it's not. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, thank y'all for doing the work of yeah. listening to this because I literally couldn't. Bring no, there's to do no it. way I could have, but I I love it knowing like, it from you both. <laughs> it sounds like nobody could make it through the episode, which yeah, understandable. No. Well, also like I I honestly would then. have listened to the whole thing, but like the their like podcast player broke like 20 minutes in, and I was like, I truly don't care enough to like figure out what's going on with this. So mm. yeah, I was yeah. listening at work because I do have a job now at Bragg. Um, <laughs> but also I would just like to say that no one has successfully trolled us. Um I won't name the other podcast that tried to a couple years ago. Yeah, I don't want to openly come for them. No, no. But this other podcast of men um, tried to come for us. And all they did was like in high pitched voices be like, ha ha ha, we're a coven. Oh, we're a coven. And they're like, is that a bit? And they were like, no, they're not funny enough for it to be a bit. Like, we're a coven. We make $5 on Patreon. It's like good fucking good one. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, if you come for the, I don't know what to call us. I was going to come for the queen if you, you come, come for the monarch if you come for the monarch <laughs> don't miss even though we are anti-monarch yeah i also exactly. feel like don't come for us yeah. you know like <laughs> do, don't. Yeah. We're nice. do something like, better with your time like i'm a sensitive baby like <laughs> you know <laughs> i know yes. when they called me a loser is when i stopped listening so i was like I know it's not true, but it's just kind of mean. (laughs) (laughs) Like, fuck them, but also, like, do something that's not that with your time. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly embarrassing for them. Yeah. I love that they're trying to fact track us. And then, oh, good. Hi. What's up, bitch? They quoted vocal fry. (laughs) They pulled clips from so many episodes that I was like, but you, like, actively listen to our podcast. Exactly. Oh, yeah. They really did jokes on them anyway i think we wanted to do a little brief check-in with everybody just to see you know what's up with people what's up with our lives um to give you all some updates i think we've all sort of talked about things that are going on with us personally over the last like few episodes but it might be nice just to like have like a solid check-in and chat you know let our listeners in on what's going on with us lately be uh, anybody want to behind anybody the, start? the curtain yeah 
I mean, the most important thing in my life is my cats, as always. Ugh, yes, um, yes. And they're doing great. Fred and Marty um, icons. Yes. Fred is the one who's more attached to me, and Marty has lately also been very affectionate. So I feel mm. like I've accomplished an important goal with that. Um, and yeah, I've been working on some other podcasts, which is what I do for like my paid job. So still doing that. And that's, that's about it. I don't know. Do y'all have like holiday plans? We could talk about that. Yeah. I'm going to visit my grandparents, um, for the, for Thanksgiving. I'm very excited about it. I'm going to see like my mom's family. I saw my grandparents last month for the first time since COVID, but I haven't seen like my aunts or uncles or cousins, anybody like since COVID. Um, so I'm really excited to see them. Um, so that'll be really good. And if anybody on this podcast, not to name names, ever wants to come spend holidays with me, they are very welcome. Uh, I do. <laughs> I, yes, I'm going home for the holidays uh, just to hang mostly with my parents' dogs. <laughs> and um, what else? Yeah, over. So I have like a month off for winter break. So I'm going to Philly where I'm from, but I'm also visiting friends in DC where I used to live and also visiting friends slash coven members in New York at some point. And also, um, oh, my birthday's coming up. I'm just rambling. My birthday's coming up. Yes. Um, it's December 7th. You can Venmo me yes. <laughs> <laughs> at zonasif on Venmo.com. But also my um, birthday tradition is to do shrooms with my BFFs and I rented a little Victorian farmhouse thing and I am very excited for me um my birthday is a national holiday in my heart and also kind of literally it's Pearl Harbor Day but more importantly it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> day that will live in infamy <laughs> yeah we should just rename that we so, should it's birthday. Zoe Day now <laughs> No one would be upset. If no. I know what I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, I no also just ordered. <laughs> I also just ordered holiday cards of my cat and I in matching season of the bitch merch. So you could that. say, I'm, last time you heard me, I was suffering from a breakup, and now you can tell I'm doing okay because I made holiday cards with my cat and I. So, <laughs> You're thriving. I'm thriving. thriving. <laughs> my um, partner really and his roommate really like to have like dress up parties they had a halloween party in in may this year and then they had like a halloween party for halloween and now they're having a halloween party for christmas but it's not like you can dress up as anything to get into the party you have to be dressed as a holiday character of some kind so I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm going to be coming as baby Jesus specifically. Because <laughs> wow. That's amazing. When I was a baby, like when I was like a toddler, I was self-aware enough as a toddler to be like, I am a baby. Like I am baby. Um, and when I would get out of the tub, after bathing and my mom would give me a towel, I would wrap it around my head and basically like swaddle myself, like self-imposed swaddle and then be like, I'm baby Jesus. My mom would be like, I don't have enough time to tell you why this is like fucked up for you to be saying this. 
but I would do it like all the time. Um, and so are you just going to wear a towel? So I'm going to, no, it's, that's not big enough um, okay. to wrap around my body and cover like everything. If I also Slutty have it around Jesus. my head, I think I'm going to just show up like swaddled in a blanket um, and just be baby Jesus. And I tried to get like my Rihanna's partner at the Met Gala. Right, at the Met Gala. Um, I tried to get my boyfriend. I was like, we could do a couple's costume and you could be Mary Magdalene. And he was like, I could be Mary Magdalene and you could be baby Jesus. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. So we're not doing that because. Wow. That would- Kellen's partner is kink shaming. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, called out here uh, on season of the bench for kink shaming. <laughs> Uh, I think he's going to be the Grinch, which like, whatever, that's fine. Not as cool of a costume as Mary Magdalene and baby Jesus couples costume. <laughs> so just gonna, like, like, wear I would want to be like one of the ghosts from the Muppet Christmas yes. Carol. Oh, that would be so Ooh. good. Laura, you can come down and come to this party. Like you want to escape from Buffalo? You're welcome. Come stay with me. Come be, um, what, it, what are their names? We're Marley and Marley. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. No, I have I'm- figured out my costume to this party that I'm not invited to, but I have You are invited. You're absolutely invited. Here's my costume. I'm going to wear what I always wear, which is a lot of black lace and be the winter solstice because it's the darkest day of the year. Oh, hell yeah. Killing nice. it. Also, when is this party? Um, I don't know. They haven't <laughs> scheduled it, but if you're in town, you should absolutely come. Yeah. It'll be before Christmas, so. Assuming it's while I'm yes. in Philly, I'm coming. Yes. Hell yeah. Love that. Julia, you're also That's invited, great. even if you don't have a costume that you've just come up with off the top of your head. All right. I've got to start thinking about it now. <laughs> you can wear all white and be summer solstice. We That's can not- be a couple's costume of solstices. That's true. Wow. That. That's so the lightest true. day of the year. I mean, it's not really a winter like, holiday. Enough white to make that. Oh, it has to be a winter holiday. I mean, I think in the spirit of things. You know? Okay. I thought it was like a holiday, like in any holiday. No, holiday I think party. it's it's holiday specific. Like winter oh, holiday. So you well can, then, it's a non-denominational. Well, okay. I'm not going to do this because it would be too much work, but I think someone should dress up as that like leg lamp from a yes. Christmas story. Oh, oh I have a nice light version of it if that's helpful just like tape that <laughs> yeah, to your head totally <laughs> genius honestly also the best part about it my sister gave it to me for christmas once but like the plug part's upside down so it actually only plugs in upside down <laughs> <laughs> really funny. iconic that's incredible wow um i'm okay i guess what like <laughs> I mean, I, I'm really I'm okay. Same. I mean, like, really, what are we talking about? Um, <laughs> well, what I will say is, I recently uh, just helped my some family move from Austin, Texas, back to Buffalo, and that included driving in a car with my brother and uh, his dog for about 24 hours, not straight, thank God. Um, and I will say that. Gleefully, I only allowed him to get away with two hours of listening to a Grateful Dead podcast while I was in the car with him because I (laughs) could not handle more. Love him dearly, but I just that was that was the limit for me. Kelly, if you're listening to this, I love you. Um, (laughs) Braver than the troops, Kelly. Yes. So wait, okay. So he listened to two hours of Grateful Dead podcast, but you couldn't listen to the new Taylor Swift, just to clarify the misogyny that happened in this ride. So I honestly didn't didn't push the new Taylor Swift album because I knew Mm. I was going to want to like 
listen to all the lyrics <laughs> and like cause I actually like only got into Taylor Swift basically in the last few years. So <laughs> I wasn't I didn't like go through red when red came out and so wow i know well, welcome on behalf of the swifty community <laughs> yeah. i know welcome. thank you so much i've been really enjoying it so that's another thing that i've been doing is like kind of listening to it and enjoying it so i didn't really push it we did listen to a lot of my playlists and shit like that and he actually really liked all of them so that was good but yeah i <laughs> the grateful dead podcast i mean honestly they're extremely well funded and like i gotta say that the podcast itself does it was entertaining because the way that they kind of do it there's a whole grateful dead archive and so they like consult with the archivists and um we'll kind of set it up around like a live show or a group acid trip they did these things called acid test uh which was like this these parties and they would like also have people who were there at the time who are often other famous musicians like be on the call and like giving context and experience to it so like as someone who appreciates history and music it actually is a good podcast i can't knock it too hard but it is the most aquarius my brother shit the world has ever seen and i could really only handle two hours exactly we love laura's brother but also for his aquarius self he just must be roasted Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm currently looking for love, looking for work, um, and uh, that's the two genders. The, exactly, looking for love and looking for work, <laughs> but not like too intense of work is is the other thing. And my holiday plans, I get to I'm doing Thanksgiving at my best friend's family's house, which I'm excited nice. about. Nice. Well, as always, if you're looking for love with Laura, you can send your uh, cover letter, resume, background check, credit card information, social security number to seasonofthebeatgmail.com, and we will consider your request. You know, you can also <laughs> just slide into my DMs, see what happens. Ooh. Fine. I mean, you, <laughs> if, if you – I still will have you vetted by the coven. It will just be in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> there's a strict vetting process yes exactly <laughs> but yeah one of the main things we wanted to do with this episode was take questions from y'all uh things that you wanted to know about us and kind of whatever you had questions about generally <laughs> which as you will see is a range truly yes yes y'all have range thank you so much yes you have the range so the first one was favorite episodes that we've worked on. Also, this person said, congrats, icons. Thank you so much, Linnea. We love you. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying studying abroad. I had to go back and look at our like episode list to really answer this honestly, because as discussed previously, I have the world's worst memory of all time. <laughs> um, and so my favorite episodes, which y'all can obviously feel free to chime in if any of these are yours as well. Uh, one of my if if someone like asks me an episode like when people ask me what episode to listen to the number one episode I will recommend if they want to hear our political opinions is episode 24 the occupation of Palestine I love that episode I love the guests we had on that episode I thought that episode was one of the best that we've done and I truly love any of our revolutionary romance episodes. Yes, they're so fun. Yes. And yeah, I feel like those are the most fun. They're so fun. And I yeah. also just feel like it's very real. Like, 
Yeah. The the questions y'all end up having, the stories we end up hearing, the conversations we end up having end up feeling like really fruitful. Also, the also, updates we get. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When like some of y'all will send us updates after those episodes about how things progressed. And we always like whoever is checking the social media, like we share them with each other and we're all just like, we are so happy for them. Yeah. I also, so, yeah, we love hearing right. from y'all. I also feel like we give really good advice. Oh, True. we do. <laughs> Just saying. Which is why we get good <laughs> updates because we gave great advice. Exactly. They listen and exactly. then it works out well. Yeah. Our, some of our own personal lives in shambles. That's rude of you to ask and we will not answer. <laughs> <laughs> Have I been single for a full year? We're not talking about it. <laughs> and sometimes uh, that is what's best. No, I mean like I, there has been a lot of positive things out of it. It honestly has only started to get tiring in the last few months, I will mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly am obsessed with the episode 181, That's Gay. A classic. So fun. We just that's talked about one. shit that's gay that we love. <laughs> <laughs> and there's really nothing better than that. <laughs> uh, episode 170, another top tier of mine season of the bitch hates it was just a lot of fun all of us were going through a ton of shit at that time and we just needed mm-hmm. to like fucking rage that was great it's also funny because we also did a season of the bitch loves but i couldn't be on that one so i just <laughs> was here to talk about the things I hate. <laughs> you know honestly that's the loves one is good it's fun but mm-hmm. the hates one is better in yeah my absolutely it's very powerful <laughs> I think the loves one was like mostly about our cats. The the cover art is like my brother's cat. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. my god, when Kellen gave a shout out to every cat in her life. Yes. <laughs> that was very powerful. Really important. Um episode 149 on vampires which if you don't recall was originally going to be an episode on Buffy, but then Zoe and I realized that that is like just a me and Zoe situation, so we <laughs> widened it to vampires, and it is one of my. <laughs> All favorites. of the other hosts were like, "Sure, but I've never seen Buffy." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're like, "Fine, okay, we will open this up to the genre of vampires." <laughs> um, an episode that I wasn't on but loved editing, loved listening to is episode 110, season of the Bee versus Ronald Reagan. That was a <laughs> Kellen and Zoe special. It was, that was powerful. It's extremely powerful. If you want to just like hear all the fucking shit, the tea on Ronald Reagan, highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Nancy Reagan is not spared. <laughs> no, that was when I was unemployed and spent the entire day researching Nancy Reagan. And I like I like went to a coffee shop, like set up and just like just researched the Reagans all day. And I have no regrets. <laughs> yeah. It was the amount of fun party facts I have now. So many. <laughs> uh I loved our hundredth episode in a way that's like it was kind of one of these where we were just kind of talking about shit that we like and we're riffing off of each other. Um and all of our astrology roasteds. Um, and then I will say, even though it felt really vulnerable, it felt nice to be able to document some of my microdosing journey, um, which like both the roasteds and the microdosing journey episodes are only on Patreon, if you didn't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I had other faves, but I was like, I'm going on too long already. So I just want to hear from <laughs> y'all. 
one of my favorite episodes, it's hard for me to like pick one, but one of my favorites that hasn't been mentioned is Feminists of the Animal Kingdom. Powerful. Um, which was an episode that we kind of put together when it was, it was like a guest had fallen through. And so we needed to like come up with an episode like pretty last minute. And my best friend from college is a scientist. And I called her and was like, Tamara, can you come on and just like talk about science with us? But like, we want to do something kind of stupid. Um, and just talk about basically the ways that they're like animals that don't conform to our ideas of gender basically and like I mean there's like a deeper more important message to it which is that like gender is like fake and invented and whatever you want it to be because like they're like gender doesn't exist for animals and like sex difference is wild and crazy and so different from what it is in humans and so many species so like there's a point to it but a lot of it is us just being like clownfish feminist icon yes Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of fun yes Uh, that is really I think that's one of the earlier ones that I listened to honestly Mm -hmm. um okay two of my favorites well our 150th episode when we did gothic Marxism with Steph I loved and yes Steph obviously designed our new merch so she's like between that the 150th which you're wearing right now so I am wearing the goth one right now the goth one the marks one it's black though also they're goth. pretty much all goth um, if you if yeah. you must know <laughs> which my this is what my cat and i were wearing she wore the baby onesie you can cut off the bottom of the onesie and put it on an animal i need people to know this um that episode was super fun and also i love the um abortion care one that we did with michaela yeah. mm-hmm. that was super um, good personal fave of mine and also i just love michaela yeah um, amazing person <laughs> Fun and uh, Leo icon. Work. Yes. Oh yeah, she was on our Leo roasted. She's been on a few times too. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, those um, are a couple of my faves. So when I think about it, I'm like every episode. I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. My yeah. answer changes every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I feel like yeah. Again, I have so many favorites. Um, I think one of my favorite ones is the radical language one that we did. Um, just talking about a lot of different like leftist and radical languages and dialects um which is a nerdy thing that i'm very into hell yeah um also the psychology episode that we did with sashank um that was really great and i think like something we've been wanting to do for a while we finally made it come together um and sashank was obviously an amazing guest um This is not one that I was on, but one of my favorite episodes that I've listened to was the Cowboys one. Yes, um, which I think is just like such an iconic episode and just definitely one of those things where it's like no other podcast would like do this. um, And it's just amazing. That that I almost put that one on my list, too. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Yeah, both yeah. of the ones I said were like from the past year, and I feel like it's because that's as far as my memory goes. And then when people say other ones, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, so yes, absolutely. Obviously, anything with like having amazing, like the fact that we've been able to like interview Alice Sparkly Cat twice and talk to Sarah Jaffe and like Jane McAlevey, like like. Yeah, yeah, fucking Mike Gravel. Oh, fucking Mike Gravel. That might be oh one of my, my favorites. It was, that was incredible. It was good. That's like a personal life highlight, honestly. Yeah, that was very <laughs> special. Rest in power, King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Julia Salazar, iconic. Any episode where we shat on electoral politics. <laughs> <laughs> like right yeah. after Biden got in office, like I, we, we, I think, did like a whole thing oh, yeah. about his bullshit. We did it, Joe. That mm-hmm. Yes. That's a great mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Powerful. I, I also think we did a good episode on like it's called like fuck the Supreme Court. Yes. It's just like if you believe oh, in yeah. the Supreme Court or like our justice system as like a means of accomplishing change, like fuck you, think again. Prescient. I think that's yeah, like a we good should... resource. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We were like so smart. <laughs> LOL. Exactly. Imposter syndrome. Who is she? Gone. <laughs> Um, so I had a question, not to jump the queue of our listeners, but I did want to hear from y'all. What are your favorite conspiracy theories right now? And I know that Zoe has like 4,000. So I'm going <laughs> to ask her to just like pick a couple. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think if I have any newer ones, but I'll let other people go first. <laughs> I don't have any. I think I I feel like there's a lot of great. So I should also just say that some people think that things are conspiracy theories that are obviously true. For example, if you're like, oh, a cabal of powerful interests actually controls everything that happens on the planet. Like you sound like maybe you're unstable or whatever, but it's like, no, no. those are just capitalists. Yeah. Like that is that is Marxism. Yeah. that's So just the we're not talking of- about like, I mean, it's not the Illuminati. It's not like Kanye West, like, you know, like gathering with people under a triangle and like whatever. It's just, that's how capital functions. Um, one of my favorite conspiracy theories right now is that, I, I don't know if this is a conspiracy theory, but it's just after, we've already talked about Taylor Swift, but after the release um, of Red Taylor's version, I'm, I think I, uh, I'm increasingly on the Taylor Swift is gay or like bi mm-hmm. train. Like I really didn't oh, be on it. But I'm like on that train now. So that's my that's my current conspiracy theory. Taylor Swift's potential queer icon. If you're in a dance around in like a bi-colored wig, like you're <laughs> either like fucking like horrifically like capitalizing on like queer baiting or you're you're queer. Like it's one of the two. It's one of the two. And I would just like to believe that it's you know that you're queer yeah um clearly that, the only solution is just to assume that everyone is gay which i do otherwise which that's is my what conspiracy I do. theory right. so yeah. until they you come know, out as straight i sometimes exactly. rudely speculate about people potentially being straight but you know <laughs> right 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 <laughs> on a rare occasion yes yeah um i don't really have any new ones but i do feel like um we have a an unreleased episode um the, yes. <laughs> the I have to find it somehow. I'm the season of the bitch um, <laughs> that we recorded as a Patreon episode at some point. At that, basically, we just talked about conspiracy theories briefly um, that may never see the light of day. But I think on that episode, I invented a conspiracy theory, which yes. was that maybe I don't even remember who like who actually came up with this but I think it was that um bridges are not allowed to be longer than cemeteries like than the full length of a cemetery and I don't remember why we came to that but I just say that to myself sometimes bridges (laughs) can't be longer than cemeteries um a real one that I believe is that Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon are the same person mm, and or yeah. that they were created in the same lab. Um, that feels right. And I also can't tell them apart. So mm. that's a me problem. But um, I also on the like 
you know, deep state cabal thing. I was recently talking to someone who I will not name, but there's someone who's in my life who has gotten kind of into the lizard people conspiracy theory. And I was trying to figure out if I could like use that to just bring them into like anti-capitalism. Um, we'll see. It's going okay so far, but it's, I do feel like there's some overlap there, but then it's also like when people are like, oh, like literally they're like lizard people that mm-hmm. live in the ground. It's like, oh yeah, that's not, I just yeah. don't think that's necessary. Like, you yeah. know, they yeah. live in mansions. We know where they live. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why would you build the mansion if you're going to live in a sewer? <laughs> right. Yeah. Although that is something rich people would do is the thing. Like they have homes that they don't live in all the time. But yeah. anyway, yeah. it's like, I, I kind of see why, why people get to that, but it's like, I feel like it just doesn't have to be that complicated. Yeah. I just, I love conspiracy theories. I have since I was in college, I'm not going to say any of the mainstream ones that I do or, or don't believe because um, I'm just, <laughs> that's like Patreon content. I just don't want to be like, why? Like, it's partially a bit and I'm partially serious and I'm not sure how much of mm-hmm. either at any time mm-hmm. and I don't want other people to get involved. However, there's a new one that I've like recently saw that I just think is very funny. So I'm going to share it, which is that Disney created the movie Frozen as a distraction. So essentially the theory is that like, you know, how people think that um, or did Walt Disney definitely like freeze himself or people think he froze himself? I don't think that he definitely froze himself, but that is a thing. That but it's like a thing. Like, I have no idea. So yeah, I, I too um, was like, mm, don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's definite, but essentially the thing is that the Walt Disney Company created the movie Frozen as a way to like hack the search algorithm so that um, it distracts from the possibility that he is frozen. Because when people type like Walt Disney Frozen, like the movie comes up instead of like information about him. And I just think that's funny. I literally just typed Walt Disney Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like trying to look And what up. came up, the movie, right? The movie, but also this article, um, why everyone wants to believe in Walt Disney's frozen head, even though it's not true. Sounds like you're part of the problem, San Francisco Gate. How how they get so high up in the in the search algorithm, they're part of the problem. Yeah. I love that. That's great, Zoe. Thank you. Anyway, that's just I know you'd have good content. (laughs) Yeah, we're not gonna get into my deep conspiracy thoughts. (laughs) Join our Patreon for more. Yes. Um, okay, so someone asked, I'd like to hear about how you all started your journey to leftism and what books or other resources would you recommend to new leftists or to radicalize your friends? Well, what I was going to say is the thing that radicalized me was the genocide in Darfur. I was a little high schooler. I learned about it because it was like the dawn of the internet. Wow, I'm literally the elder of the podcast. <laughs> I'm like the the dawn of the internet. No, um... It really was kind of, I feel like, the first time that people were, like, able to do research in that way. Um, But anyway, I found out about it. I was, like, so alarmed. I had no – I, like, didn't understand how something like that could be going on. Because obviously the way that, like, history is taught in U.S. public system schools is, like, the only genocide that we're ever going to talk about is the Holocaust. And there's, like, nothing ever else. Um, And that was 6,000 years ago and it'll never happen again. Right, exactly. So uh, to not only learn about Darfur, but then kind of learn about how many different genocides have taken place. And that kind of led me down a rabbit hole of like when the United States observes the laws of sovereignty and when they do not. Um, Anyway, 
all this really led me down a rabbit hole where I was like putting up um signs all over my high school with like images of what was going on in Darfur and like baby me was like and here's how you call the White House and like had the number (laughs) on like a word doc printed out whatever um but like in that same time I don't know exactly how it happened but as we were talking about my older brother who I love like he and I have some like twin shit even though we're not twins where like I do feel like we have some brain things that like respects from another set of siblings that are not twins but should be twins yeah like there's there's so much connection there that it's like wait what mm-hmm. um and we also like basically look identical but uh one time he picked me up from school in high school and i was like yo i need to talk to you about something because i was like in a fucking high school economics class at the time and i was like i really need to talk to you about something and he was like have you been thinking about how Marx is right? And I was like, yes, that's exactly Uh, what I've been thinking about today. So literally I have this like very intense memory of my brother picking me up from like my senior year of high school and like us like talking about Marx. Um, And then what I will just say is in terms of like books and resources, I actually like always recommend things by Emma Goldman because I do Mm -hmm. think that her writing is really, really accessible um, and like very plain language, which I appreciate. And I also love Sylvia Federici's book of essays called Revolution at Point Zero. I love that. I it's really interesting just hearing you talk about it. My brother and I are both we have like very similar podcast or we have very similar, <laughs> we have very similar politics to my knowledge davis does not have a podcast <laughs> but who knows what he's keeping from me um but i think we got there independently which is interesting like we both like started grew up in like a very conservative environment but with like a, a pretty liberal mom and then like we're like libs you know through high school or whatever and then like sort of in college like moved left and then by the time we were like you know in our early 20s we're becoming like socialists basically um and for me what was like really radicalizing like that took me from being like okay I'm a liberal like pro-Obama whatever to like okay there's actually something like deeply fucked about this country that's irreparable like through the channels of like bourgeois democracy was learning history um so like I remember the first time I ever heard about redlining was my sophomore year in college. And I think that learning history, not just learning history, but learning history when you're like, why the fuck have I not been taught this before? Exactly. Is like an extremely radicalizing experience. So for me, like as somebody who is now a quote unquote professional historian, like it's probably not surprising that like- A doctor of it actually. (laughs) Zoe never fails to remind people of this. Thank you so much. Um, it it was like learning more and more about U.S. history and the ways that like all of our systems are set up. Like stuff like the Rittenhouse verdict, for example, is like a feature, not a bug. Like learning about that was what really radicalized me. And I came to understand, like think about, learn how to think about power honestly through learning about history and then started reading Marx and stuff like that. Um, and in terms of resources or books that I would recommend, um, I think Bell Hooks is great, obviously. Um, and then the thing that I give to everybody is um, Racecraft by Barbara Fields, who's like one of my personal I literally mentors. was going to say bingo for Racecraft. Yeah. But really, like, I feel like you mentioned it a lot in early episodes. It's actually been a while since I, I've yeah. heard a Racecraft drop. 
Yeah, but no, that's true. We should actually make like a season of the bitch bingo card. Kellen Dabs and Kellen mentions Racecraft certainly yes. should be on there. Yes. Um, but Racecraft by Barbara Fields and Karen Fields, who's Barbara Fields' sister, I think is incredible. I'm biased perhaps, but like the Karen Fields chapters I don't feel as strongly about, but like Barbara does an incredible job of breaking down like how racism functions from a Marxist perspective in the United States. Um, it's just incredible. Uh, and yeah, I, that's, that's my recommendation for sure. Um, sure. I can go. So yeah, growing up, like before I was born, my dad was a union organizer for a long time. So he likes to say I'm a red diaper baby and, and claim my politics and we'll allow that. Um, (laughs) in a way. And my mom was always like very like feminist, but kind of like second wave feminist. She's gotten more radical lately, but she was like, um, very active in fighting for like girls to wear pants to school in the seventies. My mom did that too. Ah, Oh my God. Love our little feminist moms. And then when they were able to, my mom like embroidered like feminist, like slogans at the time onto like a pair of jeans that she like wore to school. It's just so cute. (laughs) Can I just have like a brief interjection here? Yes. So my mom at like one of the schools she went to, she, there was a period where she was living Basically, she went to like a Catholic school. My family's not Catholic, but she went to a Catholic school for like two years when my grandpa was in the Air Force. They moved around a lot, whatever. Anyway, boys were allowed to wear pants and girls weren't. And she like protested about this and like did like a letter writing campaign to like the principal and stuff. And then they were like, you know what? Fuck it. We can't deal with this. Now everybody has to wear uniforms. And everyone was like, fuck you, Brianna. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway. It's a little mom story. Sorry, go ahead, Zoe. No, yeah, yeah. My mom was at public school, but yeah, girls were not allowed to like wear pants to school at the time. Um, so yeah, just like growing up, my parents were very like hippie, um, whatever. So I would say I grew up like kind of good politics, but I was also like kind of like a rad lib or whatever when I finished high school. Um, and then also the high school I went to was like very diverse, or the, the school district I went to growing up was like. Um, very diverse was like the most racially diverse public school system in Pennsylvania. And then I went to college uh, at a very like prep school vibe college in New England. Um, I'll name names, Trinity College. I hate them. Um, if you went there, I probably hate you too. I'll be honest about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't care. We're, we're calling them out. No, so I went there and it's like, pretty much all white people. Um, my freshman dorm had a, we are the 1% party, like unironically, they wore like oh pearls God. and like country club stuff. And like, uh, that was like truly the worst year after being there for like a week, I called my mom and was like, you have to get me the fuck out of here. But I went there for a full year, but it was horrible. Um, and that experience of being surrounded by like rich white people, I was like, oh no, I get, I, I understand communism now. Um, <laughs> and yeah, then from there, I, uh, well, that was when I first took my first like gender studies 101 class, which I would say similar to Kellen Starr to learn like history that I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? And then uh, my second year of college, I took like an intro class for um, whatever the like, race studies it was like culture race and ethnicity studies I think it was called um took that class where also my sophomore year of college learned about like redlining and like all of the other fucked up Mm -hmm. things and that was a big like yeah just like learning all this history that I was like why did I never learn this um 
And yeah, from just really went on from there. In terms of reading, I was also going to say Bell Hooks. Her writing is like very accessible. She's also written about like every topic. Yeah. She's written so many books. Um, And also, yeah, I feel like everything everyone else recommended is really good. Now I'm peeking over at my bookshelf. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't have other recommendations Hell on my yeah. mind right now, to be honest, for like intro kind of books. Yeah. Sex Workers Unite is one of my favorite books. Um, it's about like the history of sex work organizing in the United States that I would say is pretty Feminism good. for the 99% is a great oh, yeah. intro book too, actually. Yes. Which yes. We, we mentioned on a recent episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Jules? Um, well, I also was definitely not a red diaper baby, but like did grow up with, I guess I would say just like different um, politics and like political influences than the average in the US. Um, my dad- Not conservative Catholicism. Right. <laughs> Shocking. Um, well, you know, there's a little bit of that, but um, my dad <laughs> is a public defender. And so like growing up, it was all like, he talked a lot about how like bad and stupid cops are. And mm. like, you know, was I was always taught like, don't talk to cops. They are not trying to help you. Um, and my mom and my dad's mom and a lot of other people in my family work in education. So like, I saw a lot of like how the criminal punishment system interacts with education, especially public education. Um, and that was like something a lot of people in my family cared about. Um, but it still was not like, I definitely was like more of a liberal in high school, but just like really did not like the police or like really authority in any form. I've always just kind of been someone when someone like tells me what to do, I'm like, why, like, why is that the rule? Like, you know, I just have always been like extremely, um, a brat in that sense. (laughs) Um, Extremely correct in that sense. Yeah. Which I, I fully stand by. Um, but then when I went to college, I got more involved with like organizing around sexual assault on campus. And it was Mm. kind of like a time where that was not just like a big thing on college campuses, but also was getting a lot of like mainstream media attention. And so it felt very like, visible um to like adults and not just other college students and that is kind of what led me more directly into like abolitionist organizing and like more like explicitly leftist politics um i will say just to jump in real quick jules like organizing around sexual assault on columbia's campus also was like very radicalizing for me as like an early grad student so yeah feel you there <laughs> terrible also, environment yeah i also was involved with like a feminist collective in undergrad that similarly was doing like sexual assault um yeah and i mean i feel like that's how like a lot of women and queer people mm-hmm. become radicalized because mm-hmm. that's like you know the gendered violence that we experience is like Absolutely. a big part of um and even like thing i don't know i was just thinking about how like i like experienced so much sexual harassment from cops and law enforcement mm-hmm. so it's like obviously like that was never going to be an adequate solution to sexual violence um yeah. but Yeah. And then I guess I, at some point around the time I graduated college, I joined DSA and started like organizing with them um, and some other like coalitions that they work with. Um, And I guess also like immigration rights organizing has always been a big part of my 
politics and like what what brought me to being a leftist um in terms of books I feel like I mean this is one that like I think everyone listening to this has probably read but I do like to recommend it to people as like a first leftist book Um, that's that's a great recommendation also but no I was gonna say our prisons obsolete um Mm. by Angela Davis it's like classic abolitionist text um I think also a more recent one that I really liked um is revolting prostitutes which is an amazing book and it's like very accessible and readable um and it just like deals with a lot of intersecting issues around like immigration and the legal system and sex work um and it's written by people who have both participated in sex work in various ways and studied sex work and immigration laws. Um, so it just has like all of these different angles on it, which is really cool. And after yeah. you read it, we did an interview with one of the authors. So you can check out our episode called Revolting Prostitutes oh, yes. and listen to that as well. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say that as well. Yeah. I think just bringing it back to us, because I know we're running out of time, but um yeah, that we've had on one of those authors, just like all of the people that we've been able to talk to and topics mm-hmm. we've covered. I think it's just like very powerful. I always feel very like lucky with the people, like our listeners, the guests we've had yeah. on all of the people that have been like involved in this project oh in like God. any way yeah. are so amazing. I know I was going to say like, I just want to say that a like a lot of our guests have been listeners of mm-hmm. the podcast who mm-hmm. have expertise on things. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of the best things about this whole experience, aside from having a coven, which is very powerful and a, and a really, like, incredible experience. Love you. Love you. Um, is getting to know some of the people who are drawn to this type of Mm. conversation or like these things that we've kind of been discussing and which has basically been a leftist queer community. Obviously not all of our listeners are queer, but a lot of them are. Um, And to our straight listeners, (laughs) keep fighting the good fight. We love you. We respect you. It's impressive what you do and what you go through every day. Yeah. And to our straight (laughs) listeners, are you though? Um, yeah, and I just, I do think that there, anytime that there's something that happens like this week, we're right, like we're, even though we're not surprised, it's like, it Mm -hmm. feels devastating in its own way when like, any system that could have any semblance of power, like for people is not working for, for the people we would like it to. Um, but, you know, when I feel really frustrated about things like that, it, the things that end up grounding me is understanding that like we have this community of people who can interact with each other, can support each other, can like talk to each other when we're going through different things and ask for good vibes, like talk about different crushes you have and things like, and just like whatever, share selfies, share movies that you're watching and like having a community of radically non-judgmental people who are leftists uh supporting each other has been like honestly the most beautiful thing for me to experience out of this too and um how can people join in on that conversation (laughs) laura patreon.com slash season of the bitch uh yeah and you know i don't think i want to sell us short 
but just to let you know you can join us for as low as a dollar a month um but and as high as you want to go as high as you want to go and (laughs) if you want to keep this project going and you have the means that i know we talk about it every fucking time but that is a way for us to do this truly Um, oh my god wait can i just say that was another thing from the people that tried to troll us is they were like they keep plugging their patreon but they should probably try having an audience that isn't unemployed if they want to make money and i was like this is so mean so anyway prove them wrong and prove give us them your wrong money. yeah I also on that note can i just say how fucking easy it is to be like oh i'm a leftist but um I actually think trans people are fake or be like, oh, um, I'm a leftist, but honestly, like women should be barefoot and pregnant or, (laughs) oh, I'm a leftist, but like racial difference might be real. Like, you know how much fucking money you can make by doing that? Oh, yeah, like, obviously, we could be making more money than we're making. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm not trying to name any names. This is no, like a, just a, this is like a problem. You know what a I mean? A conceptual like, problem. There are a lot of people like Candace Owens in this world. Like, well, also we could. We've talked about getting ads, and we haven't. Like, we've made yeah. a decision that we didn't feel comfortable. Actively, doing and it's yeah. Like, people reach out to us to be like, "Oh, will you plug our headphones? Oh, will you plug this? Will you plug that?" And we're like, "No, we don't do that because like we value our listeners. Like, we don't want to." I mean, I don't want to say like sell out, but like we have like a certain product and like, you know, just like as a behind the scenes little peek, like Laura gets paid because they're like the editor. They do so much extra work, but like the rest of us don't get paid, you know, like we use that money to like improve our technology, like to back when like live shows were a thing, like pay for our live shows like pay for us to get together ideally like as a group we'll be able to like rent a house and like Mm -hmm. do a little retreat or something but like that's what our money goes to it's not like i'm over here yeah and i to be clear make bank five hundred dollars a month (laughs) right like and it's like not yeah we're Uh, we're is over here the one percent of podcasters (laughs) right yeah (laughs) laura a member of the bourgeois class (laughs) No, I just I I'm not yes, just, yeah, 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 not no. to like fucking go off, but yeah. like, you know, we're just this money gets like reinvested into the podcast. It's not lining our pockets or anything like that. So um I would say you know, it's safe to say none of us have lined pockets at all. <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> exactly. And if that were our goal, we'd probably be doing something else. So correct. That's Correct. also just reminding me of this one time when I was running a DSA reading group and someone thought that I got paid to do it. It's oh <laughs> like, like so funny. Like, what? Who do you think would be paying for this? Yeah. George Soros. Big social. Right. Yeah. It's Marx. Yeah. Marx just had a whole account for all the of Marx us. estate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I know we talk about it all the fucking time, but anyway, thanks for hearing us out once again about why you should join us. And, you know, that gives you access to a reading group and early episodes and episodes that you can't access otherwise. And the Discord, as Laura was alluding to, all those conversations, which is such a good time. And a lot of our guests have come from Discord. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And we have movie nights and stuff like that. And all of that is a way for us to get to know you, which for me, again, as I was saying, is like really, really regenerative. Um, You can also 
Follow us at us whatevs on Instagram and Twitter at Season of the Bee. You can uh, order your holiday merch. Do it now and not several weeks yeah. from now. Uh, Get season some shit of the for Bee. your family and friends. Yeah. Um, if you also want to make matching holiday cards with your cat, you can. Um, personally, I would recommend the um, adult-sized Mark sweatshirt with a um, baby-sized Mark onesie. Yeah. Just my personal opinion. Absolutely. Uh, you can also email us, but whatever, at seasonofthebee <laughs> at gmail.com. You can send applications to date Laura. <laughs> Uh, you can rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Five stars only, bitch. And I think that's it. That's it. <laughs> that is it. Okay. Love y'all. Love you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.